campers. Welcome back to Girls Camp or welcome for your first time. It is your host, Haley Rawl. Happy day after Halloween. I am actually recording this intro on Halloween day. Maybe for some of you or for many of us, there are a few things more spooky than navigating mixed faith family dynamics. Luckily, this conversation with my mom and sisters was not spooky at all. I actually had a really lovely, really healing, really special conversation with my mom and my two sisters, Megan and Kelsey. They are today's guests, and we talk all about what it has been like for me to leave the church, how they've handled that, what that's felt like for them, how we maintain closeness and love and support in spite of me leaving the Mormon church and doing a podcast about it. I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful to them for coming on the podcast. I have been reflecting on how fortunate I feel to have family members who are so cool about, again, not only me leaving, but the podcast. We talk about all of this on the podcast, but the reason I wanted to say it now is because I know that that is not the case for everybody listening. And if that is not the case for you, I just want to say I'm thinking of you, I see you, and I'm so sorry. I can imagine that your faith transition experience could be much different. Your feelings around some of the things we discuss could be a lot different based on the reactions of family members and friends. And as always, I just don't want to claim that this is the right way or the only way, but I thought it may be useful to put out our way that we as a family navigate some of this. And I hope that it feels helpful to some of you. And again, it just might not reflect it obviously won't reflect everyone's experiences. And if you've had a harder experience with your family, I am thinking of you all the time. My mom and I talk a little bit during the podcast about a concept of building bridges. And my mom was saying that, you know, she really values spaces that are looking to build bridges between post ex-Mormons and active Mormons. And I told her, that that is not really my main goal with Girls Camp. And that's not because I don't think it's a bad goal. I actually think it's a really wonderful, really productive goal. But the reason that that's not my goal is because my main goal is creating a space of safety and community for post-Mormons, ex-Mormons. And oftentimes in doing that, the things that we say or do or talk about might feel offensive or off-putting to active believing members. And for that reason, I don't see bridge building necessarily as my main goal. But I do think if bridges are being built through Girls Camp content, I'm so happy about that. And I think that this episode specifically is much more focused on bridge building. But I think because it's more of a bridge builder episode, it may feel a little bit different, I guess, than some other episodes of Girls Camp because obviously I'm talking to active believing LDS members and asking for their thoughts and opinions. And I'm so glad I did that very thoughtfully, but I just wanted to make that note that it might feel different. And depending where you're at in your faith transition, that might just be good for you to know before you hop into listening to this interview. Also, if you are an active member listening, 
this is a wonderful episode for you to listen to, and I'm so happy that you've tuned in. I hope that it feels productive for you as well. Without further ado, here is the interview with my mom and sisters. I will just start by welcoming three very special guests to Girls Camp, my very own mother and <laughs> sisters. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. Fun this to be here. I was thinking it is going to be so impossible for people to tell our voices apart because we all sound exactly the same. <laughs> I have friends that listen and they say they think it's me. I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, it's going to sound like a chorus of four of the same people, but. Oh, it's funny. I never thought about that. Yeah. I guess as a mom, I know my kids. <laughs> if someone is saying the ex-Mormon side of things, it's me. Probably. <laughs> and I might the other side of you, things. just to confuse it. <laughs> yeah. Kelsey starts advocating against Mormonism <laughs> just to surprise everyone. Um, I'm so excited we're doing this. We've talked about doing this for a while, and we have some very good questions. I did send you questions as a heads up. I told Bentley I was sending you the questions and he was like, no, don't send them. Like, you should try and like surprise them. <laughs> like, I'm not like aiming to put anyone on the spot with this. Well, they weren't like super hard, like doctrinal <laughs> questions. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. he like wanted it to be you like. You suck. <laughs> so no crazy hard questions, but lots of good questions. But before we jump into the questions, let's just start maybe with you, Kelsey, and okay. just brief intro where you live right now, what you do. Okay, I'm Kelsey. I live in Orem right now, and I am a teacher. I teach first grade, and I'm in my second year of teaching right now. Second and potentially last. Potentially last. <laughs> Keep you posted. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully last, yeah. Okay. And Kelsey's the younger sister. Yes. I'm Megan, the older sister. I live in Orem with my husband and my four-year-old. I was teaching ASL at Orem High School for the last five years, but I quit in December, so I'm a stay-at-home mom now. I didn't realize it was for five years you five were teaching. Years. So, so it's time. been almost a year that you've I haven't loved been. every minute of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Haley's mom. I live in Saratoga Springs, so I'm pretty close, which is awesome. Yeah, 10, 15 minutes away. And I still have Mitchell, my 16-year-old at home, so he takes so much of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting now, his apples yeah. for him. <laughs> <laughs> Making his sandwiches. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Mitchell's awesome. But so I still have Mitchell at home and I help run our family owned business and I work at a gym for a few hours <laughs> in the morning <laughs> and just loving life. It's a good stage of life, I will have to say. You're it's very good. involved as a grandma. Too, and I love, so yeah. Love your three, time. three little grandkids and they're the best. So they are. Good stage of life. I'm hoping Mitchell doesn't feel left out, but I'm assuming this would be his worst He's, nightmare. <laughs> So you just need to do included. a solo episode with Mitchell. Sometimes. It would be really short. Just Mitchell and I. I don't think I've ever had more than a three minute conversation with Mitchell. So we could try. I wanted to set some context as to why it's us four. So as Megan said, Megan's the oldest. I'm second oldest. Then Kelsey. We're all two years apart. And then Mitchell is nine years after mm -hmm. you, Kelsey. Yeah. So, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a, an accident. How did that happen? <laughs> um, while my mom and dad were mid divorce, divorce <laughs> separation and Mitchell came along so <laughs> then Mitchell came along but basically from the time we were early teens it was us four at the house raising Mitchell yeah together because your dad moved out of the house when Mitchell was three months old yeah so and so yeah so however Mitchell Kelsey got nine, four moms yeah he did Mitchell lucky guy moms. I know so this is kind of the original crew, which is why it's the four of us. And we still remain close to this day, I would say, which surprises some people and which is something that we'll talk about because 
I get so many questions. I've shared some with you about mixed faith family dynamics. And you all identify as Mormon. Really? Members of the church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excuse me. I know the amount of comments I get about that. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm never gonna. I'm I think everyone knows what church we're yeah. talking about. So. LDS. Kelsey, you are Relief Society president. I am. I'm a YSA ward. So yes. Still. Yeah. <laughs> Still. And mom's in a- the stake. Steak Young Women, so Go Girls Camp. Yeah, honestly. We're in charge of Girls Camp next (laughs) year, and it's quite the event. Seriously, I will advertise. Yes, please do. And Megan, what's your calling? Um, I don't have one. I'm (gasps) the loser among the Mormons. (laughs) I thought you were in Sunday school. They released me and then texted me last week to give me a new calling, and I... Ghosted. Uh, that's totally Megan. Don't want oh, no. <laughs> Megan likes to go under the radar, so, so not sure how active. No, no. Megan. <laughs> I'm, Megan has anything to announce today. <laughs> it could be a, my a coming good time. out episode, <laughs> coming out of the church. Instead of talking about what it was like for me to leave, we can just real time. I know. <laughs> show them what this it, is. Why what Haley it like? And this is good. why Haley planned this so that we could have an intervention with Megan to tell us where she's really at. Uh, <laughs> wait, you were. Teaching Sunday school? Yeah, I was that's, teaching the youth Sunday school. The youth. That's a hard... Con- youth isn't as bad. No, it wasn't as bad. It, it did suck when I was teaching high school, too, though. And then I would just go teach the and same age students plan. on Sunday as well. And it just... I was kind of sick of yeah, 16-year-olds. Did you have to well. do it with Josh or by yourself? He did it for a while, and then he got released, and I taught with another woman in the ward, and we would switch off every Sunday. Mm. The worst time of Bentley and I's marriage was when we were Sunday school teachers together. We got in so many fights about planning Sunday school. Oh, did I not tell you guys that? I think so. Well, because it was always on you. Well, no, because I was like very particular about oh. it. And then he would be like, well, let's just try. And I was like, no. Uh, that sounds like the story of your <laughs> I am the same with yeah. Sam. We were also Sunday school mm. teachers and I could not. I w- had to make it perfect. It had to flow great. And then we got divorced. <laughs> Uh-oh. Bodes well yeah. for Haley's future. I'm the opposite of you guys. I'm the one, it'll all work out. Let's just play it by ear. Yeah. Let's just talk to him. And yeah. I yeah. was too intense about it. But Sunday school was, was not my favorite calling. Young women's is fun. Young women. And primary. Maybe you get a primary calling and could be with Hunter. I mm. love primary. Yeah. If you're going to have primary calling. Primary seems more fun. Primary is where it's at. Well, let's just jump into the questions. I think over the course of the questions, we'll kind of tell the story of like me leaving, what that was like for you, what it was like for me starting a podcast, all those things. So the first question is, my husband and I have left the faith and not told our family. Is it better to keep it to ourselves? And how did your family react? So question number one, what would you advise this person? Is it better to keep it to themselves? I, I think like I'm always going to jump in. So go. <laughs> you go, you go for it. <laughs> I think definitely not keep it to yourself. I think that's a huge part of who you are, a huge part of your identity. And if you keep it to yourself, then you aren't as close with your family members as you could potentially be if you told them how you feel and where you're at. Amen. Mom? I also think they need to be in the right place to do it because I think it took you a little while to actually tell us. So maybe not like right away if they don't feel comfortable with it, but obviously eventually yeah you for sure need to and I think and maybe I'm wrong but I feel like sometimes we make it worse in our head the longer we like keep the secret and it seems like oh no everyone's gonna shun us or whatever and and then hopefully it goes better than you think it will yeah the anticipation I think is probably worse for everyone because I can imagine even when I had left you all probably you did know yeah 
but everyone's kind of it's an elephant in the room situation it's kind of nice when it's just like okay you've said it now we all know well you don't know if you want to talk about it so it's like well I don't want to ask if she doesn't want to so that's why I'm saying maybe that person doesn't want to talk about it yet but when they're hiding who they are then it affects the relationship so it's just easier to get it out and like I said hopefully it goes smoother than you think it's going to we always make things worse in our head I agree any thoughts on that Kel I mean I agree I think kind of what you were saying Haley I feel like we all kind of knew before you went away (laughs) (laughs) should we talk about it the years before when you had all those questions and we're mad at all of the uh, the women not having the priesthood and all of that stuff all the heated rants (laughs) but I feel like it almost even just made it better where we all just knew and we were all on like the same page rather than like I don't know if I just like with the unknowing where I think she kind of has left but she hasn't said it so it was a little bit hard to navigate it whereas with you you just told us and then we all knew and we're on the same page and it was a lot easier I think yeah that's a good point and I think it's nice that well I know I think it's a good thing that none of you asked like you were kind of talking about this mom with what you were saying I think it's a nice thing that you all did to give me space and time to be able to be ready to tell you on my terms because I know for a lot of people they'll have family members be like you're not wearing your garments why aren't you wearing your garments and then you're kind of forced to have that conversation so I feel like even though you probably noticed it kind of I think and we can talk about this next but I think it kind of served us because I think by the time I told you from what I sensed and you can tell me if this is true you all had some time to kind of come to terms with it So it wasn't a huge surprise. So I feel like when I told you, not that it maybe was easy, but it was kind of like, yeah, and you had already had time to kind of adjust to that reality. So by the time I told you, it wasn't. We weren't shocked. It wasn't that huge surprise. It It did seem final. I do remember like, I kind of saw this coming, but it still was like you saying it was final. Mm. But then I think it takes a little while for the family to process it, Mm. to be like, okay, so... She's really out of the church. What does that mean to our family dynamics? And I think that takes a little bit to kind of process how things are going to be different going forward. Not uh, the relationship, but just family gatherings. Because I think you told us right before you told us right before general conference, and that was my first thought: like, why are you going to come watch general conference? (laughs) Or what do we do? You know? Yeah, yeah. Those kind of things you do have to kind of like, what does this mean for the future? Totally. Yeah, totally. I think from my perspective, when I told you all I left, I was at Cubby's. I've told the story on the podcast before, but we were at Cubby's. I just told you (laughs) in the middle of lunch or something. And I feel like we talked about it at lunch. I think it was a good conversation. And then from my perspective, you all managed whatever emotional fallout may have come from that conversation without me which I'm very appreciative of. From a lot of stories I've heard, it's people saying like, I've left the church and then their family like sobs and cries and like, well, you're ruining everything or what am I going to do about general conference? And I feel like those things I'm sure you felt, but you didn't make me have to suffer for that, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. But all that said, I would love to hear what that was like from your all's perspective when I told you I left, how you emotionally managed, like what it felt like, 
how you, how you made that adjustment personally or together, anything that comes up around that? Well, I do think like at first, like I said, it takes a minute to process for sure what that means. And I did feel sad, like, oh, it's final. That was kind of like, it was sad. It was, felt, felt heavy for a minute. But then I think as we went on, well, and you also allowed us to ask questions. Because mm. I remember I was worried about the whole, are you going to start drinking and doing mm-hmm. drugs? Because that obviously is a little trigger in our family. And so I was worried about that. But then you were open and honest about it. And so I just told you like, well, be careful. Mm. Might be playing with fire. So I feel like you allowed us to ask questions and we're honest. And then I could say my little two cents without hopefully being too pushy. Mm. And then I feel like we were kind of, right? Do you remember? We asked a few questions, kind of like, what does this mean? And I don't know. And then... Kelsey said something really funny. I always do. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. But it was so funny. (laughs) It couldn't have been that funny if you don't remember. It was funny. I remember mom asking me if I still believed in Satan (laughs) in the course of the drug thing. And I said, I only believe in Satan. (laughs) That was funny, too. Good good job. So I think I maybe said the first (laughs) one. Maybe it was you. No, yeah, that's a good point, though, too, of like, I've thought about this with the other family member that we all share, whom you probably will know who I'm talking about, where they were trying to get me to tell them why I left the church. And I didn't really want to. And I ended up emailing them. They emailed back. And I think it was their opportunity to kind of say their piece in a way that gave them closure around my leaving. And I think that can be a little complicated because if people aren't respectful, I don't think you need to like offer them the opportunity to like say their piece on everything. But like for the drugs and alcohol thing, it seemed important to you to say like, yeah, that's here's what I think about it. So, you know, and I think you did it respectfully and we had a good conversation about it. So I think it was nice that we could have a conversation as opposed to me just being like, I left, I don't want to talk about it ever you know well and you also said don't try to talk me out of it don't like send me conference talk you were very open about that so we yeah, knew you set like, your expectations yeah, your boundaries but you also did it with like you said also in the future like at hunter's baptism or whatever we'd love to be invited or mm-hmm. we'd love to be invited to other church things you said maybe we won't always go but you can extend the invite so that was really helpful for us to just like know your boundaries, your expectations. So I feel like we did ask some questions, but we didn't have to ask too many because you just like were very clear Mm. with... You just said it. Where you were and what you wanted. And you said I could take your future kids to primary one day if I wanted to. So I'm holding that. (laughs) A little reminder (laughs) for that. (laughs) Don't. You do. You're like, if you want to have kids, you could take them to primary. (laughs) So I'm already like, today I was actually thinking, okay, when are they going to be like some beans? Every Saturday (laughs) night, they're sleeping over at mom's house. I was talking to a friend. And who's not um she's post-mormon too and she's like my mom always offers to watch my kid on saturday night so she can bring him to church but she'll like watch him overnight on saturday and she doesn't really want him to go to church but she's like it's worth it's it. worth it <laughs> so worth it a night away yeah. your kids would love it it's primary like it's just songs but we'll deal with that in yeah a few years. We can, we'll cross that bridge when they're yeah. five yeah. um i'm curious primary is when they're three. Oh, oh <laughs> You're right, sunbeams. Yeah. So sooner, anyway, just sooner had to throw that later. Um, I'm curious more about the emotional fallout that you all felt. And we're not the best at speaking about our emotions. <laughs> Getting uncomfortable. I'll say, I think, I honestly can't remember, like, specifically how it was. I just do remember 
it's not even the church. It's not even that like you didn't believe in the church anymore. You were leaving the church. It was that we had this common thing Mm. all growing up together. It was like such a big part of our lives in common. And all of a sudden I still believed in it and you didn't anymore. And it just felt like it's just hard to come to terms with that. That like something that you had so in common so long in your lives is different. And I I just remember that being something that was like, I just had to like work through personally. Like it doesn't change our relationship, doesn't change who we are. It doesn't change who you are, even though that thing we had in common, we don't anymore. Mm. I don't know. And I know that doesn't make a ton of sense, but that was something for me that I remember thinking that was probably the hardest part of like the emotional. Yeah part of it adjustment yes I think that makes so much sense I heard the term or like that concept uh closeness doesn't mean sameness Mm. and I think our family or you all have done or we all I guess (laughs) me too (laughs) give yourself credit (laughs) have done a really good job at maintaining closeness as the sameness has changed because I think we all all were I mean our personalities are dress are very very different but I think we had the Mormonism thing which we all had in common and that's a huge common ground to share but in losing that sameness around our faith I don't think we lost closeness even though we lost a certain amount of you know things we can relate on or things we can do together or talk about I don't think we ended up losing that closeness which I think is really special and and really lucky And yeah, not to say it doesn't shift things because it does, but I think the closeness, at least from my perspective, has remained the same. And in some ways, I even feel closer because I feel like, oh, even despite me being different, there's still a desire to be close. So I think it's well, that's one thing that I think helped because initially it is like, well, what does this mean? Or, you know, I was worried you were going to change. Like, not necessarily your personality, but it was just going to be different. How does this look going forward? And I think we've taken, I mean, how many years has it been now? And like you said, we're all still great friends. We love to be together. And that you are still you. And so our relationship, I think what's really important, most important is the relationship that you have with, that we have with each other. And when I realized that wasn't going to change, then I felt more like, Oh, okay. We're still us. Haley's still her, even though you think differently about this than we do. But our relationship can still be strong. And I think that's what's most important is just the relationship. And when I realized that that wasn't changing, then it was just easier to like, oh, okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. And going forward, we still can be tight. And it's like politics. Like, you just know, okay, maybe I'm right wing, you're left wing. And we just don't talk about it but we can still be be friends there's other things than politics or religion and so we just move forward and yeah then I realized things haven't changed like I thought they might and so it's easier I think the longer yeah it goes it just gets more like not this huge thing it's just it is what it is and we still love each other and love to be together and that's what really matters yeah I love that Kelsey, how was your emotional reaction? I wanted to sob and cry, (laughs) but I was in cubbies. I couldn't. (laughs) No, I think very similar. It was just, I think I was worried about the family dynamic of how things were going to change. Was it going to be different? Because that was all that we had known for 
our whole lives was just like Megan said we had that sameness that same thing that we bonded over because it was a big part of our lives and I think that was kind of my main worry that was my main feeling at the time was what's going to be different going forward but like you've all said I think we managed it super well and we're still super close and really very little has changed like mom said we sometimes maybe we're not going to talk about this because we don't need to in this time it maybe just doesn't make as much sense to but those little things I mean are are just little things we have the the important stuff we have each other we have our relationships still and that hasn't changed at all totally I think a big piece of that that I've been interested to talk to you all about because I don't think we've ever talked about it super directly but I think there was right away a mutual understanding that it wasn't going to be very productive for us to discuss religion, specifically the Mormon church. And we kind of just haven't, which sometimes they think about like, oh man, are we just like avoiding it? Or are we just like beating around the bush? But when I really think about it, I feel like there's just this mutual respect and understanding that we know how much we disagree on it. And we also know how important the other people's beliefs and convictions might be around it. So it's just not going to be productive or serve our relationships to hash it out where it's like, you know, if we bring up some hot button topic, you probably know where I stand and I probably know where you stand. And if I change my mind or you change your mind, we can like tell each other. But in the meantime, it just doesn't feel productive for me, at least. And there's no reason, like you said, Mm -hmm. You obviously have this podcast and social media. We know what Haley thinks. Yeah, you can. <laughs> she knows what she thinks because she used yes. to believe it too. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we don't need to, and so I don't really necessarily feel like we're walking on eggshells around that topic. We just know, like I said, what each other's thinks, and that's would be counterproductive to yeah. even discuss it because it's like social media when people fight over stupid politics or whatever it is or religion you're never going to change someone's mind yeah and so it's like I don't under I don't see the point I guess and if you did have questions or we did I feel like we're very respectful to be like just ask each other and we're supportive of your podcast and what you're doing you're supportive of us going to church and having our callings and don't ever like try to talk us out of it and Mm -hmm. say why are you still going to the church or why are you you know, and so I feel like we have mutual respect for what the other person's doing and what they believe. Yeah, I, I do. W- oh, sorry, sorry. I do remember um, at when you told us that day. I think Mom asked. I think she said, "Can I ask why?" Mm. And I'm pretty sure you said something along the lines of, "I don't, I don't think it'd be productive." Yeah, and I think that's kind of been the tone going forward, just like you've said. But I do remember that, and you just kind of said, "I don't think it's going to be a productive conversation." And it was you being respectful, I think, to our beliefs, because you knew those were things that we believed in. And we respected the fact that you didn't want to talk about it right then. And I think we've respected that continually going forward. And we, as far as I know, I don't think we've really talked about it. And I think we've kind of just come to terms with the fact that it it just wouldn't be productive. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to have that conversation necessarily, because like you've said, we both know where we stand. So I remember that question and that first time that you told us and I think that's kind of been the tone going forward we're just going to respect each other's beliefs in that sense of if it's not going to be productive if we don't need to talk about it um why would we totally I think too like I was talking oh I had Bailey on the podcast and she was giving like a very brief overview of her like leaving the church 
And she said, like, yeah, I I left because of the reasons that people do. Like, you all know the reasons that people leave. And I think I know the reasons that people stay. It's not like it's really like a secret or anything. And I think that it's interesting because I think there's this mentality on both sides a lot of times. I think I've sensed it a lot on the post-Mormon side where it's almost like, well are you challenging the Mormons in your life? Are you kind of like, well, do they know this or do they know that? Or have they read this or have they read that? And I'm like, you are all highly intelligent. If you are wanting to seek out different types of information in different places, like I don't think I need to be the one to like tell you, you know what I mean? And I think that same with the other side. Like if I want to read a conference talk about what to do with doubts like I know where to find that I also think if we're happy and comfortable living our religion you can just respect that like they don't they're in a good place so why would I try to change that if they had questions they can come to me or vice versa and I feel like that's where we all have our agency and let's just respect that everybody has their agency to choose and and not try to force them to change their mind because I just feel like that's never worked out well for anybody for someone to force or try to change their mind when they are already like made up so it's it just ruins the relationship and pushes you away and that's the opposite of what we want and so when parents do that I'm always like do they not realize what they're doing do they not realize that that's just making everything worse yeah since when has that even though they mean well like I get it I was talking to a friend the other day like if your child's marrying somebody that you maybe don't agree with you Mm -hmm. see red flags that maybe they don't you kind of want to warn them like hey I don't know if you have noticed this that could be a problem because as a parent sometimes you do feel like well if I don't tell them they might come back to me someday and say why didn't you tell me why didn't you warn me and so I feel like parents maybe or have good intentions like oh you're going down a path that maybe I can save you from so I can see that they are doing that with well-intentioned but it's it's not usually the way to go because, like I said, trying to talk someone out of marrying someone they love, they're going to do it anyway, and then you're just going to ruin the relationship. Exactly. So it is hard. There is a fine line where you do want to like, okay, I need to say my piece. They're probably going to do what they're going to do anyway, but I got to say what I think where you already allowed us to do that, like we said at Cubbies. So we said our piece, and I think that really helped moving forward. So Yeah, I think that's true. It just doesn't work. Has it ever worked for anybody? Yeah, no. Ever. Why do people keep trying? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And I think that's, I'm excited for this conversation too, because I think there are so many people who have left the church whose family members feel really obligated and duty bound to continually either send conference talks or, you know, what have you, give them a call and say, well, are you sure you don't want to just come to church with us? Like they feel like they have to keep trying because I think they feel like that's their duty as like good members or good disciples of Christ. It's sad because that just creates wedges. And like you said, I don't think it's ill-intentioned, but I do think that it's unnecessary. And I think it will be helpful for people to hear that you don't have to do that. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I think there's a a large element of trust in that too, of trust between each other. And I feel like I've always felt trusted by you all as not that you agree with my decisions, but that you trust that I'm going to make 
the decisions about my life and maybe not even the right decisions about my life necessarily, but it's almost like Haley is going to do what she's going to do. And there was never this feeling of like Haley needs saving. Haley needs help. Haley needs information. I think you are all just like, she's on her path. She's doing her thing. You might not agree, but there was never a sense of like you needing to step in and like fix anything. Maybe just because yeah. you thought you well, could. Well, especially you're an adult. No. Well, especially with Haley. Because, you know, Haley, when you have your mindset on something, you're just hell-bent. Nothing anyone can say is going to change it. Yeah. So you're living the life that you are, feel more true to. And if someday that changes, then you'll do something different. But I feel like people have to learn for themselves. And if you were still in the church and not feeling like just doing it because you felt pressure you know, that's not good. That just yeah, causes true. resentment. And so anyway, I just feel like you got to let people be them and figure out what they have to figure out. You know, if they have questions or doubts or the church isn't working for them, then they need to go figure out what they do believe. And, and you have to let them take that journey and support. Yeah. It's a very personal journey, yeah. no matter where you end up or where you're at, I think. Yeah. Here's the next question. I'm curious if they really are okay and understand that you are forever leaving, or if they are just thinking it's a phase and you'll be back, so they have to hold out for that to happen. I think uh, when I read this, it was funny to me because it's just like, we would be really unintelligent <laughs> if we thought you were going to come back. So you're the saying church. there's a chance? <laughs> So you're you know telling what I mean? me there's like, a chance? If we're just like sitting around like, oh, she's going to come back one day, yeah. like that would be pretty dumb of us, yeah. honestly, because you know what you believe and mm. we know what you believe. And I think I do feel like a lot of family members do feel that way. And it feels sad to me that it's like they're just waiting or hoping that they come back rather than just like accepting where the person is. Um, and they'll, where they probably will always be. And then like having a relationship there, it just feels sad that it's like mm. hoping that something will change eventually. And that's kind of where you're, what you're left with. Yeah. And then the relationship feels kind of inauthentic yes. yeah. because it's like, wait, no, this really is who I am. Yes. Like at least believe that this is what I actually believe in who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of, um, parents, especially when their kids leave, will say, you'll you'll come back when you have kids like mm. that's a common thing I've yeah. heard and that's just obviously very invalidating because it's just saying essentially like I don't believe you or you're wrong and you'll figure it out so I think that holding out that hope even if in privately in your heart of hearts that is your hope like you don't need to project that onto the person do you think I'm gonna come back now? <laughs> I'm like well shoot <laughs> Like, She's oh, not. No. Kelsey gets up and walks out. <laughs> I thought this podcast might be your chance to tell us you're coming back. <laughs> Surprise. No. I mean, I can see holding out hope, but it's like, okay, in 20, 30 years, who knows? But that's not at all going through my mind. Yeah. It's like, we have a great relationship right now. And so just enjoy that and don't worry about the future I just feel like so many people worry about other people and it's like just worry about your own yeah day-to-day -day, you know like the moat in your yeah and like your what's eye? the other saying like don't write the boat or I can't I can't remember what I'm saying but like I think so many people get so caught up in trying to fix everybody else it's like just worry about yourself and being a good example that other people can look up to and and just be a loving Christ-like person 
and that can help your child the most. And that doesn't necessarily mean bringing them back to church. Just be a good person, be a good human. Yeah. That's what's so insane to me is also how oftentimes a reaction to people stepping away from the church is that the believing, or sometimes, maybe not often, is that the believing family members will withdraw support or withdraw love. Like, I'm not going to babysit your kids or we're not going to hang out with you. And that feels so deeply counterintuitive on so many levels. I have a lot to say about that. But I listened to this podcast with uh, Jared Halverson. He's actually a very smart historian for the church. And he said, somebody asked him that question about kids leaving, if it ruins the eternal family. And he said, it's the parents' reaction to that child leaving that ruins the eternal family, not the kid leaving. And I love that because it's so powerful because what does that say about the parents if you're going to shun your kids because they don't believe what you believe? And they're the ones ruining the relationship, not the kid. So I don't, it just blows my mind sometimes that parents act that way because I just can't even even imagine that. Like, okay, well, we don't want to see your kids or have anything to do with you until you come back. But I mean, that happens. Hopefully it's more rare, but... I mean, yeah. So I love that. Like, they're the ones. The parents are ruining it by their reaction. So, yeah. Amen. I just think it's the most hypocritical thing. Like, if you are professing to be a strong member of a Christ-centered church and that's your reaction to your child leaving, then you're a hypocrite and you don't actually... You don't get do it. the things that you yeah. say you yeah. believe. Yeah. Well, I think too, like something I've sensed in you all is a security in your faith and in your beliefs. And I've noticed this, especially talking about Mormonism on the internet, that people who come at me the hardest with the most anger, I sense a deep insecurity. And from their insecurity about their faith, they have this need to attack me, right? Or whomever it may be, who's speaking critically about the church. And I think people who are secure in their faith, it seems like a much more aligned reaction to be like, okay, like, this is what I believe. I'm just going to keep doing what I know and what I believe and then trust that things will work out as opposed to the insecurity of like needing everybody to believe the same way as you and to function the way that you need it to. That just feels so much more insecure to me than being like weird why are they listening to your podcast or following you if they're such strong believers in the first place you know yeah i just think i I don't understand or commenting that yeah if you see it it's like oh i disagree with that i don't like that and move along don't listen you don't have to listen to me or follow me it's like you said it's insecurity they are insecure and so it makes them scared when other people don't believe it so they want everybody to believe it so that they feel strong in their own belief yeah to validate them Mm -hmm. which i get too like not saying i'm above it because i do the same thing on the other side but i do think especially in a family dynamic i think that security that you all have and maybe not even necessarily in your faith but in yourselves like i think we all have a sense of security and like to an extent right of like who we are and our life decisions and so we're not needing to like lash out at each mm-hmm. other for living differently or doing different things. I feel like we're all happy and content with our lives, what we're doing with our lives. And I think if people are happy and content, they're not lashing out at people on yeah, social anyway, media, yeah. no matter what the subject is. Cause it always blows my mind when I read people's comment and 
somebody can making a sandwich and they like <laughs> are you so know throw them under the bus because you know, they did something wrong or they were eating something that was unhealthy for them you know like that person's just not a happy person so I think it's the same thing with religion where those people are shaming people because they don't believe they're just not content and happy with their life which maybe has nothing to do with the religion just where they are emotionally anyway. at the time yeah. yeah good point good point have any of you felt shamed or anything like that by your ward or community when people find out that not all their children are active and how do you respond this is probably particularly relevant for you all because i'm speaking about it publicly so people might i don't know you know like oh is that your sister <laughs> sometimes people are like is that you and i'm like oh no <laughs> Kelsey has a second life. Uh, not quite. <laughs> Talk about hypocrite. You actually got asked that, like, at church, Yeah, yeah right? I think there's been a t- few times where they're like, wait. They didn't ask me specifically. They went to, like, someone else. And we're like, is this her? And I'm like, I am Kelsey the Relief, Relief Society <laughs> president, but also doing and my Girls Camp. Kelsey, not Haley. So you're like, uh, I'm here at church. <laughs> we do look similar. Can you blame them? Wait, yeah. that's so funny. But yeah, I'm curious. I thought that was an interesting question. I feel like this will probably be different as a parent because I think there's maybe different messaging around that. But have either of you, Megan or Kelsey, ever had to answer for I my haven't. sins? Kelsey, I guess, Kelsey, really apparently. Like, oh, shoot. Now I have to have this Kelsey talk. has to like get up in the sacrament and tell everyone this girl. I am related to her, but she is not me. <laughs> No, I think when things like that happen, I just think it's kind of funny. And I think they just think it's kind of funny. And it's kind of funny that we're on totally opposite ends <laughs> of the spectrum. Yeah. When it's someone at church that's like, wait a minute. And it's just like, oh, haha, no, that's my sister. And it's just like, oh, ha, yeah. cool. They're not like, like, we to the think of it. we hate you now. Yeah, they're like, sisters. whoa, what's yeah. going on? You're getting yeah. released today. <laughs> well, that's good, at least. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious your thoughts, mom. Do you ever feel like you feel shamed whether that's like in church with church messaging or just like amongst your circles of like oh your kid left no not at all I feel like it's so common nowadays that everyone either has a kid or a sibling or their spouse you know so I don't feel like I think maybe 20 years ago it would have been more that way more shameful but now and even if it was I don't I don't no, I don't feel that at all. And I've had a couple of people when I had your girls camp tote at one of oh, my yeah. girls retreat. Is that your daughter? You know, that oh, she knew about sweet. it. And I just thought, yeah, that's, you know, I'm advertising for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no shame at all. I'm proud of what you're doing and that you've been successful. To, to be honest, when you first started, I thought, who's going to listen? <laughs> <laughs> and so mm, joke's on me. <laughs> There's a lot of people oh, out there need this. Funny. No, so it's great. I feel like, yeah, you're doing good for a lot of people out there that want that community. And yeah, so I'm proud of that. I remember Mitchell asked me, well, do you want her to do good? You know, at the beginning yeah. when you're doing it and I wasn't quite sure how I felt about it. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't really want her to fail because, you know, you always want your kid to succeed. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I love the topic, but... <laughs> You know, that also is just taking time to process, too. Because totally. at the beginning, it's kind of like when you told us you're leaving the church, you just need time to like, okay. And so that's kind of like with the podcast at first, I was not super excited about it and thought, I'm not sure how I feel about this. But now, I mean, you've been successful and you've created this community that I think is actually helping some people. I want it to build. I, I always tell you, like, maybe you can build, you know, a bridge between. Yeah 
the believers and non-believers. So it's like this positive thing that can help people. And so, you know, if that's what it's doing for some people, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that's a a skill to, yeah, we can talk about the podcast thing specifically, but I think that's a skill in like differentiation and being like, even though I might completely disagree with the subject of this podcast entirely, I love my daughter and I hope for my daughter's success. So you're able to like compartmentalize in a way that yeah. I think is really healthy yeah. as opposed to like, oh, if my daughter succeeds, then, you know, then this is challenging my Mormon beliefs. Like, I think you're able to separate those. Yeah, in, totally. In and I feel like I thought of this on the opposite spectrum. If I had a podcast, you know, like a come follow me podcast or something, totally, you would feel the same way. Like, yeah. good, good, good for you. Go do what you feel called to do and you would support me that doesn't necessarily mean you would be listening to me every week yeah but you we can talk about it how's it going and yeah you know so I feel like we've have that mutual respect for wanting you to be successful and do what you feel called to do yeah yeah thanks with the podcast stuff we were kind of talking about this the other night but I think as I've been thinking about it with the podcast, I think that there's kind of a mentality sometimes that anything critical of the church is anti-Mormon and therefore inherently negative. And what I've felt from you all as we've discussed the podcast is that you are willing to understand that, again, even though it is critical of the church, so you could call it anti-Mormon, I think you sense that my... Um, aims with the podcast or my hope and goals with the podcast or just kind of the entire like mission of the podcast is to create space and community and healing for people who really need it. And so therefore you're able to not just be like, oh, Haley podcast anti-Mormon. It's like, oh, I see how what she's doing can be a force for good in the world, even if it goes against what I think is good. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious if you could speak to that, because I think a lot of people or some people in my comments really struggle to see anything that's critical of the church as anything other than like evil, you're wrong, you're bad, and you're a negative energy that's trying to like tear something down and not willing to understand that there really has to be spaces for people to come together and talk about these things in order for people to like heal and be okay. Well, I'll say I used to, a lot of people have the mindset, you left the church, why can't you just leave the church alone? And I will say I used to think that same thing. I used to always think like, well, everybody that leaves the church cannot leave it alone. And then as I've thought about it, I have thought I like actually put myself in the position. If I left the church, I would not just be able to leave the church because it's not, it's your life, your life for 20, however many years you were in the church, 23 years, whatever. The church was an incredibly huge part of your life. And how do you just say, okay, I don't believe this anymore and then never talk about it again? Like that was still one of the biggest parts of your life. And even though your beliefs have changed, it still shaped you. You still think about it constant, like constantly on a daily basis. I think that's how it is for everybody that has left the church. It's such a huge part of who they are, whether or not they don't believe it anymore, but 
being a Mormon is a huge part of who they are. And they need that community. They want to talk about it. It's like in... There's like a Mormon community and there is an ex-Mormon community because you were Mormon and you had all those experiences. And then you also had the shared experience of leaving and the shared experience of navigating life outside of the church. So I think it's kind of like simple minded now to say like, why can't they just leave the church alone? Mm. Because it's not even the church you're not leaving alone. It's that was your life and it still is your life. And you are going to talk about it and work through it and that's okay. And I think that as practicing members, everybody should understand that that is, like I said, sorry, I'm rambling, but that is just still part of your life. Yeah. And it always will be. Yeah. And you're not just going to drop it and never talk about it again. Yeah. It makes more sense that you would probably for at least some amount of time, like have things to still say about it. Yeah. I went through the same process. I think at the beginning when you told us about it, it was like, I didn't understand why you had to talk about it, make a podcast about it. And then I went through the same process that Megan did. And I listened to a few episodes and I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is, it was respectful to the church. You were telling your story, your side. And I think I, as I listened to a couple episodes, I haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to a few. I was, I understood it. I understood. Mm. And it was, I feel like you do a very good job at creating a place where it is, it isn't just like, negative you're not bashing the church you're just talking about your experiences and the people you're talking with have their experiences too and I think it's also opened my eyes too to some parts of the church that I'm like oh I could do better at that Mm. as someone inside the church I could do better at that I could try to do better at not being I don't know when we're talking about certain things in the church that because the church isn't perfect the culture of the church isn't perfect and as someone in the church I can try my best to do things a little bit differently. And it's opened my eyes to just hear a few of those. And it hasn't, I'm clearly still in the church. I'm still a part of the church, but I've understood more as I've listened why, why you feel the need to do this. And I've seen that it's helped people. I feel like there's people in my, not my close circle, but people that I know who've said like, oh, it's been such a help for me to have your sister's podcast. It's a place where I can go and I can feel seen. I can feel included. I've gone through similar things myself and I've just become, understood more and more the point Mm. of it and seen the good in it Hmm. well thank you I really appreciate that and yeah I appreciate the the willingness and the open-mindedness and I think that's a lot of what we've been talking about right like if there can just be open-mindedness on all sides then there's a lot we can learn from each other and I really appreciate on the opposite side of the coin and I'm certainly not perfect at this and there's a lot I could say about it but I do feel like it's easy to get really jaded after leaving the church because you start ingesting a lot of information on the other side of things and you learn things and you feel betrayed and you feel frustrated when you hear certain things. And it's been really helpful, I think, for me, especially making content and a podcast about the church to be so close with you all because it keeps me grounded and reminds me like, not that I don't think this anyway, but it's like a very constant day to day, like, There's people who are really thriving in the church, who are feeling very aligned in the church, who are doing really good work, who are serving, who are loving, who are just forces for good. And so I think it's a very helpful kind of like balance, if that makes sense. And it just speaks to like being in an echo chamber is like never a good thing (laughs) because we're, you know, even though, like we said, it's not like we talk about it all the time. I think the presence of each other is kind of a constant reminder of like, it's okay. To your point, mom, 
with building bridges. I wouldn't say that's really my main aim with girls camp, but I do think like it's a very happy bonus for me if it feels like my content can be a bridge in any way. So I appreciate that. Well, one thought I had, it's kind of like when people leave the church, this is kind of what I'm just realizing right now with you talking. It's like getting out of a bad relationship and you kind of have to vent about it because it's like, oh, can you believe this and this? And you did this and this and you should, and that's part of your healing. And then maybe in a few years, it won't be as tender. It won't be something you feel like you need to talk about as much because you've kind of healed and like moved on. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking like, that might happen eventually. You might get totally not yeah. like not that you change your mind and come back to the church, but just that you've said what you wanted to say, and you feel that healing. You feel because, like I said, I just feel like sometimes you can just vent and vent and vent, and then you feel better and like okay, it is what it is. I can move on now. Totally. So maybe a lot of people just need that to talk about their grievances and and you know it can be healing, like Kelsey said to have other people have gone through similar things that you can relate to and realize, oh, it wasn't just me. And so anyway, that yeah. can be a good thing. Yeah, totally. I feel that way. And I definitely think that I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I think my podcast will inevitably change because emotions change. The amount I want to talk about the church will change. There will be like different things I want to talk about more, different like avenues I want to explore. And I think what you're saying is totally how I feel there's different topics that will bring up anger that I want to talk about. And then things that it's like, Oh, let's just laugh about this. Cause this is like funny. And this was something mm-hmm. we all went through. Like that's another thing with the post Mormon thing is that to what you were saying, Megan, of it being your life. Like a lot of what I talk about on the podcast is just like, we all, a lot of us went on missions and even though you've left the church, that's still a huge deal. You still want to talk about it and you have different feelings about it, but it doesn't mean that it's not a huge deal. Like your missions are a huge deal to you. Mine's a huge deal to me too, just probably in different ways, you know? So it's nice to just have spaces where you can talk about those things that you've experienced. And even when you leave the church, like all of those experiences that you've had are still relevant for good and for bad, you know, and still for good too. So it's just nice to have spaces to like talk about your life essentially. And I, I really like how you put that. How do you navigate religious holidays like Christmas and Easter? Did any traditions change to accommodate your new beliefs? One thing I'll say that I noticed with mom and it's not um, a holiday, but every Sunday at family dinner, we would do family home evening and have a lesson. They would talk about come follow me or whatever it was. Our mom and stepdad would tell, give a lesson. And they've been very respectful to kind of change that up since you and Bentley have left the church. Sometimes we still will have lessons, but it's always on like a value, like love or peace or whatever just the value a is. Good quote that I. Yes, you'll find a quote. That was just helpful to be a good person. That's it's never like, like a doctrinal yeah. thing. And yeah. I know that that was. That was a big change for you. And I remember you talking about that at the beginning, like, okay, we're not going to do these family home evenings that we'd been doing for years. And I think that was a very respectful thing. And you changed that, and but you still kept part of it, like, I, like we were saying, with the quote, with the values or whatever. So you're being respectful of Haley and Bentley, but also keeping... Yeah, that, well, that it's tradition like any of having book a lesson I'm reading or something. Yes. It's like I'm going to share something because mm-hmm. this is very valuable, and I want to share that. And so, yeah, that was hard because 
as you guys know, that's like Damon's favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah, to give us. <laughs> but I'm like, we still have Mitchell and they're, you know, adult children anyway. And so it was fine. And it's, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. My thing was general conference because I feel like holidays, we still celebrate Christmas yeah. and Easter the same. And I feel like you know what we believe. You know what the traditions are. And so I don't want to change. I mean, obviously we changed up, you know, the Sunday dinner or little things. But I think the big things like that, I don't... Let's see how to say this. I don't want to change everything we do to accommodate you Mm -hmm. because you're the one that left and changed. And so I don't want to like, but you've you've been okay with it. So I haven't had to, but I do feel like, well, like general conference. Well, we're still going to watch general conference. You can come, but we're going to watch it. Yeah, I would never expect you guys not to watch general conference on my behalf. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I think two things I'll say about this, which I know not everyone will agree with outside the church. I feel like like the nativity, for example, mm-hmm. that's regardless of how I feel about Christianity now, that's a tradition that I connect to family. And like, I would be so sad if it, it was like, A, I would never expect that because that'd be crazy, like to tell the whole Walker side, like, don't do the nativity <laughs> on my behalf. Like, yeah, we're going to leave. That's crazy. That also to me would be exactly what I'm asking you guys not to do. Like, oh, we're not going to come to Christmas because you talk about Jesus. It's like, no, that feels like that would be me driving an unnecessary wedge. Yeah. That said, I think it's because you all do it very respectfully. And I think our family has always had a lot more that binds us together than our religious beliefs. And I think some families don't have that. Yeah. And so then when it's Christmas or Easter, they really do make it, a lot about not only Christ, but just like religion and Mormonism in this case. And I can see how that could be difficult. But I feel like for us, I value those traditions, even if they are religious and they mean a lot to me. They mean something different now, but they still mean a lot to me. And also, I feel like I'm it feels like my thing to like opt in or out. And I really appreciate, I never asked you to change the lessons, but I appreciate it just because for me, it feels like, oh, I can chime in on this differently. And like, it feels more inclusive and I appreciate that. But if there was a lesson that you wanted to teach about like Joseph Smith, I probably just would like not chime in and just like, that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) You know, like I can opt out if I want to. It's not everyone's job to like, cater that to me but I do want to make the caveat of I think when those things when religion is part of our traditions it's in a very not even casual but it just doesn't feel like that's what the event is about yeah yeah it's more family get together exactly yeah and these traditions of what we eat and the nativity but it's not like it's not like a a huge shove it down your throat like if there was going to be a devotional I might just be like oh like well, but even then it would be like, let it, could you do the devotional first and we'll like we'll come, come right after. after. And that's how general conferences yeah, like we'll come, come in between later sessions or, or we'll, come after. We'll hang yeah. out outside. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't mean to say this with insensitivity, but I feel like sometimes people overcomplicate things where it's like if everyone can just like be in charge of their own feelings and just be able to like opt out as they choose, then hopefully it's not too problematic. Well, I I think this is one of the questions, but I'll jump to it. But as far as like homecomings or baptisms, farewells, I still invite you and I don't make you feel pressure because I do it on our text thread with all of us on it and just say, hey, so-and-so is coming home from their mission. This is their homecoming date. 
you know, and so you can either opt in or opt out and there's no pressure and it's respectful either way. Or you could say no, but maybe we'll come to the open house after to see family. And so, yeah, we're very much respectful of that. And I still always want to invite and, and you never feel pressure because no. I invite. It's just, yeah. yeah, I can go or mm, no, we'll totally. pass on this one. So yeah, I'm never going to not invite you like the Saratoga Springs open house. I'm still going to invite Haley. She can come or she can say no, you know, but I'm still going to invite. Totally. And so, well, a lot of times with stuff like this, it's like there is the homecoming and there is the talk. But then, like you said, there's the open house after or we go to the temple and then afterwards we all go out to dinner. Yeah. So it's even if you it would just feel rude to not invite you because we're also doing a family thing as well. You yeah. know, you like I feel like it would it would feel kind of like. In- inclusive like we're trying to or like exclusive you're gonna feel like you. the black sheep because oh, you don't, don't get go to come to, to dinner because you didn't come to the temple so it's just like letting you know like this is what we're doing if you want to come we'd love to yeah. have you totally and right. a lot of times i love coming yeah and i think that's different too than again like different people have different things around stuff but for me like i said i see it differently but i love being able to support like i can't imagine not going to Hunter's baptism. Mm. If Hunter chooses to be baptized, like that would be so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's wrong for people who, for whatever reason, like feel like they can't show up for that. I think that's understandable. But for me, I so much value my relationship with Hunter and with you all. Hunter is Megan's um, four-year-old right now. But I see that as showing up for Hunter, not like, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't feel... You're just supporting a life event. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, I get it. Like, there are times when I've been at church that I'm like, oh, like, I don't love what was said or I don't like the way that this is happening or that is happening. But I just think it's so manageable for me to be able to, like, show up for a cousin and to be with my family. And I think to what we were talking about earlier, like, I don't have to agree with every single thing or even any single thing to be able to, like, show up and... And I think one thing I wanted to talk about is I'm curious for you all with managing me leaving the church or like adjusting to me leaving the church. Don't you feel like it was maybe easier in a way because you had practice with dad not always being active? Totally. I think if we had, especially if we had a traditional family, like if mom and dad were still married and we were all still going like fully in the church, it would have been probably more difficult Mm -hmm. but it's like we have always had a close immediate family member who for years and years hasn't been a member of the church and yet like with dad it's like we still talk about his mission we still talk about our missions he still came and picked me up for my mission even though he wasn't a practicing member of the church so I knew that having a family member not be a member of the church didn't need to change Mm-hmm. our relationship and so when you left it is it was easier because we'd been through it and we knew that it's fine mm. and you'd wrapped your head around the fact that like people you love might not always be members of the church yeah because we've had to do that since we were little yeah and I think for me at least and it's different because I'm the one who's left but I feel like there is some messaging there is messaging in the church about eternal families and if people leave, how that threatens the eternal family dynamic and all that stuff. But I feel like I had a lot of practice in saying, well, I know my dad. I know he's a good person. And I I guess I never took that super 
as literally as maybe it was taught to me because I already was like, well, doesn't really make sense that like my dad would be relegated to like a place where he didn't get to see us. So like, you know what I'm well, saying? And then uh, when it comes to having to be sealed as a family, our parents ceiling yeah. is broken. You know what I mean? So that was always something that we always had to be like, okay, even though they're not sealed anymore, I still believe we're all going to be together forever, you know? So those like little like nitpicky things were already kind of like, I still believe in eternal families, whether or not that ceiling is still intact and whether or not you still are a member of the church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the questions. And this one, I mean say whatever you want to say on it because it it might feel a little personal but if you do want to answer it Megan you kind of just did but there is I mean according to doctrine as it literally stands I would not be if the LDS doctrine is true I would not technically qualify right to like go to the celestial kingdom so I'm curious how you make sense of that or if you feel that that's true or if you do feel that's true how you handle what comes up around that just kind of I I mean I don't know these are kind of the hard things that maybe we avoid talking about (laughs) because it's a really hard thing so I don't know necessarily I think my intention in asking it is because I think there's so many people who are on my side of the fence who, even if their family's cool about it, even if their family's supportive, they have a lot of grief around the fact that they feel like their family believes in something that would ultimately mean that they are, you know, not in the highest degree of heaven or they don't get to be with them forever. So whatever you would want to say around that. Similar to Megan, I don't know. I think with dad growing up, I think it was something that I even just kind of from a young age, was kind of like, I think if God is a loving Heavenly Father, He's not going to take my dad away from me because he had he left the church while he was on earth. Because then it wouldn't really be a heaven if my dad wasn't there with me. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer on that, but I think that I do believe that God is going to be, I believe Him to be a loving God, and I believe that He will have want us to be with our families in order to be a heaven and i think going to i don't know i don't know the answers to those nitpicky things but i do think that we will be together i don't know how that will look how it will work i don't know i don't know those things but i if god's loving i don't see how he's gonna just yeah if that is the way it is then and I can't be with Clementine and Mom. I'll come to You'll the come Telestial. To telestial. I'll come live in the Telestial with you guys because worth it to have my little Heaven girlies. Is where Hunter would not live in the <laughs> Celestial without Hunter would Maude change that rule. No well, so. at least Maud, maybe not Clem. <laughs> Hunter loves Maud a little more, so maybe she would leave Clem in Telestial. Yeah. Mods and Telestial will be there with yeah. her. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, and I think I just want to validate too. Like, I don't think. I don't know. I think for me, too, there was like a long period of my beliefs when I still identified as a believing Mormon. But on a lot of like the trickier questions, I was like, I'm not sure. And I think that's okay. I think a lot of people made me feel like really badly about that. Of like, well, if you're a Mormon, this is what you believe. So and I don't know. I guess I just want to validate that I think it's totally fair and good to be able to be like, yeah, there might be like 
some letter of the law stuff that I don't fully think is going to pan out exactly that way. Or there might be things, maybe even just there might be things we don't understand yet that are going to be, you know, there might be a plan beyond what we can comprehend. And anyway, thanks for that answer. Well, that's kind of what, you know, same thing. We don't have the answers for that. I don't know. And to be honest, I don't think about it that often because I'm just too worried about day by day trying to be a good person. I just Mm -hmm. felt like somehow it's going to work out. I don't know how. And we have no control over it except our own actions. And like, for example, Damon is still to his first wife Mm. and me. And people will say, like, oh, doesn't yeah? that drive you crazy? And I was, <laughs> and I make jokes, like, no, I'll be a great, you know, sister wife. Honestly, But so many people are like, I could not do that. And I'm like, it bothers me not at all. Like, I just don't waste any time. I think it's funny. And how it's going to work, <laughs> I don't know, you know? <laughs> but I just don't waste time thinking about it because I just feel like somehow, like Kelsey said, it'll work out and... We have a loving God, and if we believe that, he's merciful, and somehow we'll still be able to see each other and have family dynamics in the next life that we do here. Mm. And how does that work? You know, who knows? But I just don't There's really, just a trust. I just okay. don't, yeah, I just don't worry about it because we have no control over it. And there's so many things I feel like we don't know that maybe don't make sense, or how is this going to work, or... Why did that person get born in this country with this poverty? And why did we get born here in Utah and, you know, in great circumstances? Those kind of things don't ever make sense. Like, how can you ever, you know, make sense of that? Because it just seems so unfair. Sort of how I feel like with heaven. Like, somehow, I don't know, maybe that will all make sense. And we'll be like, oh, okay. So, you know, let's just do the best we can here. Yeah. And try to be... Yeah, a decent person here on earth. And then hopefully when we get there, we're not going to be mad about it. Like I joke about that when, you know, if I get to heaven and I have a sister wife, I don't think I'll be like, I don't, you know, and complain. I feel like that's just not going to really happen if in the next life but who knows maybe yeah. i will so maybe i'll come hang out with you. <laughs> if you are a sister wife yeah. then you'll also come to the to show. <laughs> maybe like, that's where we'll yeah. all just be sounds like yeah maybe we'll all i remember yeah. do you remember when i was a kid i don't know if i ever told you this mom but i i feel like i remember as a kid being like learning about the kingdoms and being like i think i'll just do the middle one <laughs> i've had that same thought I'm good. Yeah, yeah I'm like, not worth the middle it. One well, you sounds like it's, super doable. You think of certain people and you're like, if they're celestial, I'm never going to get there. Because yeah. I'm not that person, nor do I want well, to. Well, and yeah. you don't want to like live like if the celestial kingdom's just like church so all day. Yeah. Or, like, no, I don't like an endowment, like constant all day, endowment yeah. session or We're something. up there doing temple work, Kaylee and Ma and Kramer <laughs> party. like a Disneyland there. or something. because I can't stay awake for We're still on this earth. So we're like, yeah, Disneyland. You guys are like, hold on. <laughs> or in the celestial room, just like we got silent. doomed <laughs> with mom's sister wife. You'd be se- no, you wouldn't be sealed to the sister wife, actually. Would you? No, no, no. no. we'd be probably around her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> She'd become your best friend. <laughs> I'd love her more than you. Yeah. That's where that's where Plot I would twist. like. No, that's not going to be okay. Uh, well, thank you for those answers. I feel like we could talk much longer. So. Maybe you should all come back. But I want to thank you again for doing this. I think it's a big deal that you're willing to do this because I think there's even a fear 
for a lot of people of like condoning a podcast that talks again critically about the church. And I think just your support and your willingness to speak on this podcast is a really big deal. And I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And I'm grateful that, you know, I think a lot about how me being able to do this podcast is also in large part due to the fact that I felt safe enough with you all. I remember saying to Bentley before I started the podcast, I was like, my family's been so cool. I like kind of don't want to push my luck, (laughs) you know, like they've been so nice and been so cool. And like now I keep like kind of pushing it, (laughs) but it felt like such an authentic calling for me to do. And I felt like, no, my family's just like never going to be the family who's just going to be like, well, that's the last straw. Like, we're not going to love you anymore. Like, I don't think there's anything we could do that would ever do that, you know? So I'm really appreciative of you all because not only that, but I also receive a lot of very real, tangible support from you by way of taking care of my kids or like offering me advice and like talking to you about stuff. Like, I feel like you support me and doing the podcast in really real ways which I really appreciate so thank you well you've done awesome this was fun yeah, yeah it was any was final thoughts <laughs> bear your testimony for any I would like to bear my testimony <laughs> but I know like, this church okay, is um, <laughs> everyone clicks Very off quick. <laughs> I'm off Megan just has something written down she's like okay if anyone's listening <laughs> Please don't. That sounds like Megan. <laughs> don't cut this out, Ely. <laughs> yeah, very much a Megan thing to yeah, try. And, absolutely. That's the last thing Megan would do. Okay, thank you all so much. Thanks for coming to Girls Camp. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you guys.